What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of Back to the Field. Eric and I are going to be covering the AFC and NFC South, giving you our biggest takes and things to watch. Going to give our opinions on the Andrew Luck retiring, and we're also going to give you our betting lines and picks for probably the most exciting week, which is week one of college football. Uh, The wait is finally over. Also going to give you what we think the Hokies need to do to pull this W against Boston College. So stay tuned and enjoy, and remember, listen responsibly. But cool, dude. Um, yeah, dude, my freaking so yeah, I, I took the light rail. So the light rail here, it uh, it doesn't tell you which is express and which isn't. So I took the light rail. Like I went out to drink with coworkers. I took the light rail from like drinks, skip my stop. So I get off at the next stop and then I take the light rail on the way back. It skips my stop again. Um, but well, Jersey city, but yeah. Uh, um, same shit, different city. Um, but yeah, dude. So do an NFC, AFC South today. Uh, it's a great day. College football finally starts. So, uh, you know, hyped for that. Going to be watching the Clemson game later. Uh, five, we'll, we'll talk. Five straight days of college football all the way through Labor Day. Dude, I know. It, it's it's going to be awesome. Um, five straight days of college football. Uh, but let's go ahead and just jump right into the NFL, right? I don't think there's much to cover in uh, – in these divisions that hasn't already transpired over the past couple of days. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and kick it off with the AFC South. Obviously everyone saw big news of Andrew Luck retiring in his prime. He wants to take off and kind of look over his mental health. And I mean, he's been riddled with injuries, but I, I think pretty much every fan out there was just as shocked as I was. Uh, if you're a Colts fan, I mean, this really sucks because you, you know, looking for most Colts fans, right? Like you're transitioning from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. You kind of were set at the quarterback position for, I'd say at least for the foreseeable future. I wouldn't be surprised if he took off a year and then just came back and said, you know what? Hey, I'm ready to go again. You know, so I, I saw a tweet uh, today actually that, there are a couple fans that are thinking uh, that have that same sort of speculation that he's just going to take off a couple, like a year or two, you know, just get his mind and body straight and then come back. Some people think he might actually come back, but go to the XFL because apparently his dad is, um, uh, I think he's one of the owners for the XFL. Uh, So who knows? Like that could be like another route for him. But I mean, all in all, like it sucks. Um, as a Colts fan, I mean, you hate to see it, but it really does change things up in this division, right? I mean, you have Texans, Colts, Jags, Titans. I think from a betting line, the AFC South is the closest division uh, in that the spread amongst all the teams uh, where the betting lines are for them winning is actually the closest. Yeah, this division right? I mean, is absolute poop. I mean, the winner is probably going to be, what, 9-7 and seven at best? Yeah, I, I could see I could see them being nine and seven, like just you know, just above five hundred, right? Like where they're probably not going to crack a uh, like a double digit win or anything like that. Um, but yeah, this division I, I can definitely see it being like a nine. Like if anything, I mean, if 
the Texans hit on all cylinders. I can see like a ten and six, you know, record. Um, but before Andrew Luck, I think it was a pretty clear cut winner that the Colts would probably take this division. Maybe the Texans kind of sneaking at the wild card. Who knows? But uh, I mean, now like it really does open it up, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. You have yeah. you got. You know that receiving core of D Hop and Will Fuller out in uh, out in Texas, and then you know you go down to Jags. You know defense is still the same. You got uh, Super Nick Bowl Foles, MVP no. Nick Foles. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and I, I think Titans are still the Titans, right? I think regardless of what happened with Andrew Luck, Titans. I think the big question mark is with Marcus Mariota and his health, right? I think. Yeah, I loved him in Oregon, but he's just so average as a NFL quarterback. You know, they have, you know, they have Derrick Henry. If he's healthy, he's serviceable running back. But Corey Davis, that receiver, they're just they're nothing special. Yeah, and I think like Titans are probably one of the very few teams in the NFL that really don't have like that big name presence, right? I mean, you can maybe throw like the Bills and Dolphins in the mix as well. Like, there's no like. You know, you look at the Ravens, you know, you got those big studs, you know, even Bengals for that matter. You got AJ Green, Browns, obviously now, um, you know, they've got their line share. Yeah, no but one's like Titans, like, you know, there's really no one's rushing to buy anybody's jersey on that team. Maybe, yeah, maybe Mariota. I don't see Henry. I don't see Corey Davis. I'm trying to think anyone on the defense. I can't really think of anybody at all. Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, I mean, let's just start with the Titans, right? If, you know, maybe changing things up, uh, just touch on a, a bit. But this year, right, do you think this is like a do-or-die year for Mariota, especially with the quarterback class coming in with you got Jake Fromm, you got Tua, you got um, – not Hurts. Uh, what's his name coming in? Um, Herbert. Herbert. Um, so you've got like a stud QB class coming in next year. So – there are a couple of teams out there, but do you think, you know, for Mariota, this is like a put up or shut up year for him? I don't know because I have to. I would have to look up his contract situation. But he's on a, uh, a contract year, maybe so, but it's not like he's old. He's still probably like twenty seven years old, if that, give or take. And um, it, again, he hasn't done. He hasn't. He just one. He hasn't stayed healthy. But when he is healthy, he's not a bad quarterback. But he's not great. That's going to lead you to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think it's more so like not from a contract or age here, right? But if you let's say were the GM of the Titans, right? You you've invested so much in Mariota. If they put up another what like subpar year, like a you know obviously maybe below five hundred, like a I think they break even at best in a best case scenario, right? But you know, if you're looking at another, you know, losing season, do you take a high round QB or do you like still say, you know what? Well, one, if it's, if it's average or subpar, I don't think they're going to have a high enough draft pick to get somebody. There's going to be enough teams below them that are going are to be more suckage uh-huh. than them. Um, but I, I think he's too young to give up on him now. They're going to probably, they have to try to keep building around him, give him some weapons. Um, I just think he's too young, and they've they've invested too much, as in the draft pick of what was it, third overall, I believe, yeah. to just give up on him at at this stage of his career. I mean, he'd be signed in a, in a in a heartbeat by any other team if if they let him go. Yeah. So, so I mean, um, yeah, but that, that's kind of my probably outside of Andrew Luck, right? That's probably my like biggest storyline to kind of follow for for this division is you know what is the future for Marcus Mariota, right? 
but what about you? What do you think uh, for AFC South? What do you think your biggest storyline adder kind of thing to watch is? Uh, I like I said, this division's very, very boring. Um, it, it has to be. I mean, if if Deshaun Jackson or not? No, I'm sorry, De, uh, Watson. Mm. What's his first name? Uh, no, it's 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 Deshaun Watson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Watson. If uh, if he stays healthy, Houston should run away with this division. Even with Lamar Miller going down, they traded for Duke Johnson for their running backs. He should be good enough to kind of carry them through. And you know, you mentioned having Fuller and um uh DeAndre Hopkins that should be good enough to win the division. Jacksonville could be intriguing. Great defense. Yeah. Offense has uh, uh remained to be seen, you know, with Nick Foles now taking over, but he's like in his late 20s, not like he's a young buck. Uh, you know, if L- Leonard Fournette who apparently has had a really good camp and can stay healthy, he's trimmed down. He can pretty much be the back or they're hoping probably for the back that they want him to be since taking him fourth overall. Uh, Indy, I have no, I mean, the, the Jacoby Forsett or uh, Brissett, I'm sorry. Um, what, uh, I, just, I don't think there's any story except for the story that's happening right now with Luck. I mean, it's what's done is done. And, you know, they're just, it sucks for the fans, yeah. it, it, especially for the people who bought season tickets. But I don't think there's a really big story in this. I mean, once the Luck story fades away, it's just going to be a, a really boring division and, you know, whoever comes out of it is probably going to be smoked by the Patriots in the first round. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the rest of the AFC. Like, I feel like any team coming out of the AFC South is probably going to be the lowest ranked, right? I mean, just kind of yeah. going through the other divisions we did, right? I think AFC North, we both agree, Browns and Steelers. The West is probably going to be Chiefs with a toss-up of Chargers-Raiders, and the East is going to be Patriots kind of – handedly so and a run i mean yeah all the other three teams yeah suck. so i really i kind of agree with you that it, it it's kind of a sad story that someone retiring is like the biggest story to kind of watch yeah because if, if luck's still there then they're their favorites i mean shoot they were the they were super bowl favorites too they're in the afc championship games you know a couple years ago so um but uh, boring division i say screw this division just yeah to the i, I agree stuff. i mean yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be like a Texans-Jaguars fight for first place. Titans-Colts, kind of, you can just kind of suck it up and kind of take the end. Um, but yeah, kind of moving on to the NFC, right? Uh, NFC South, we got, we did a nice prelude last episode with the uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Um, so, so why don't we start off, right, Eric? Kick us off with who you, what your biggest storyline ad or anything like that is or thing to watch we got the falcons panthers saints and the buccaneers well i guess you have some not anything major but i would say kind of going down the list uh tampa bay you got a new head coach and bruce arians he's trying to rejuvenate Jameis winston because he's been almost close to a bus as there has been uh recently so maybe Bruce Arians can rejuvenate that offense, but who that remains to be seen. New Orleans, Breeze just turned 40 years old. I think he's the second after Brady as the oldest quarterback. But does anyone expect them to skip a beat? Uh, I mean, they have just weapons all over the place, and they actually have a pretty good defense. So I don't know. anyone who's not picking the Saints to win the division, uh, 
they must have, they either live underneath a rock or have half a brain. Um, Carolina, they're going to be good as long as Cam Newton stays healthy. Can he stay healthy? That's always the biggest question, you know, whether it's, you know, it's his shoulder that he has surgery on, whether it's concussions that he's had a history yeah. of. Um, and then the Falcons, who's a couple years uh, removed out of the, the um, Super Bowl, um, you know, you pretty much have the same team, you know, outside of Telvin Coleman moving from, from uh, or going to uh, San Francisco. Pretty much the same team for Atlanta. So this is probably from top to bottom – you know, Sands Tampa Bay. I mean, if Tampa Bay is can be worth a shit. Then this was probably the best overall division. I agree. Yeah, top to bottom, in my my uh, my opinion. I agree. Uh, I mean, I think you touched upon it like fairly well. Um, I mean, just starting with like Falcons, right? Uh, and I think we spoke about it a little bit. Uh, they've got twelve games in a dome this year, and, and yep, I think, I think, they're, I think the coldest yeah. game is out in uh, out in on the West Coast. So. Uh, I know a lot of articles and a lot of analysts are pretty high on like this being an MVP year for Matt Ryan, so we'll see. Um, Panthers, I mean, you've got a healthy, you got a healthy Cam Newton. Uh, nothing much on the outside to scare you, but um, I mean, you still got DJ Moore. Yeah, and, um, you've got some. But he's he's they're just run, like you have Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, like you mentioned. They're all like young rookies that. Have a lot of potential. I think DJ Moore was their first round pick yeah. a couple years ago. I mean, Greg Olson's probably their most like mature um, wide receiver, like at least wide but out. He, yeah, but he can't say he's coming off like back to back broken foots or foot foot injuries. He can't stay healthy. Um, like, given that is Cam Newton's like safety net, I get it, but I, I wouldn't bank on him staying healthy again. Yeah. But because he's up there, he's like in his mid thirties. And uh, yeah, and then it, I mean that kind of really does beg the question. I mean, even from like a fantasy standpoint. Um, you know, how much value does that put on Christian McCaffrey coming into his second year, right? Uh, like you said, you know, Greg Olson was Cam Newton's like go-to guy, but seems like CMC is going to have to step up and kind of play that role. But Well, I wouldn't worry about it if you're in a PPR league. If you're in a non-PPR like we are, then you might have some concern. But I mean, he, he's going to be catching – you know, multiple balls out of the backfield, and you're going to get your points just by yeah. default, even if it's for a negative, negative yeah. play. Yeah, and then, uh, and yeah, then like you said, right, with the Saints, you know, Drew Brees is, is turning 40, but, I mean, there are no signs with them skipping a beat. They still got all their stud receivers. Um, you still got Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Um, what's interesting, though, from a lot of articles I've seen, and even Vegas for that matter, the money's actually riding on the under for the win total for the Saints. Uh, a lot of a lot of people think yeah, that you know they had two heartbreaks, you know, back to back in missing the playoffs, or not missing the playoffs, but in the playoffs. Um, uh, some people say that like it, this, like it's going to be a downfall year for the Saints. I mean, they were firing on all cylinders, but I mean, you saw it as as much as I did. Drew Brees kind of really collapsed in like the latter half of the latter half of the season, right? I mean, he was, I think, a QB1, maybe behind Patrick Mahomes and worth the fancy points. And when it came down to those, like, last four or five games, I mean, he was, like, maybe middle of the pack. Uh, so I think that's what a lot of people are are kind of putting their hang of their hat on. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see, right? Um, I mean, even as a Saints fan or even Drew Brees for that matter, right? Let's say you have the same sort of season. You're going to get into the playoffs, 
and you have another heartbreak like loss, right? Do you like is that it for Drew Brees? Like at that point, I mean, he's already won a Super Bowl. You know, for him, I think it's going to be just like how Tom Brady is with the Patriots. Whenever Brady wants to call it quits, you know, he'll he can call it quits, and if he wants to stay forever long, he wants to, then they're going to allow it and. Especially, you know, Tom Brady always takes discounts so they can play, pay other players. But, you know, I feel like Breeze is the same way. You know, he's not going anywhere except for New Orleans. And, you know, as long as Sean Payton is their coach and they have, you know, Breeze and, like you mentioned, Kamara and Michael Thomas, who's probably a top three receiver, uh, you know, even if they take one step back, I mean, they're still going to be a high-scoring team that is probably going to be in favored, you know, 80% of the time. Yeah. And then, I mean, there really is no need to touch up on the Bucks because I mean, the Bucks are going to be the Bucks, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be the Tampa Bay Butts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, out like you know, people have some sort of liking for Jameis Winston, and they think that you know him and Bruce Arians and that offense is going to click. I, I mean, look, he was great in in college uh, in Florida State, but. I probably was one of the very few that even at Florida State, I thought he wasn't as great of a quarterback. Sure, he's a he was a Heisman Trophy winner, but I, I don't know. I just didn't see anything when he was playing at Florida State that was like that screamed like NFL talent, right? Uh, which you know can be the exact yeah, opposite I, of Cam Newton, where I mean, you saw Cam Newton playing at Auburn, and you're like, yo, this is going to be a stud. In the NFL, and and he's proven it, right? I mean, yeah, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but I mean, he pretty much carried a team on his back while injured into the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I think there's some some of these quarterbacks when you play at some of these high blue, blue blood schools, and you know Cam Newton at Auburn and Jameis Winston at Florida State, you just get so much recognition, so much more game tape, more hype just by default, and. I don't know. It's been a long time since he was drafted. Was he worthy of number three pick or number one overall? I'm sorry. Maybe. I don't know. But ever since he's joined the league, he's been, in my opinion, average to below average. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, dude, I mean, so I guess if you were a betting man, right, uh, just going to pull up the the lines for this division. Actually, I don't know if you have them up already, but – uh, let's kind of take a look at, let's do some team futures here and let's do some divisions, right? So looking at the good old South, um, so you got the Saints sitting at minus 165, Falcons at plus 320, Panthers at plus 550, and obviously Buccaneers at plus 1,000, uh, where would you, uh, you know, where do you think you're putting your money at? So you got Saints, yeah. So you got Saints favorite at 165. You got Falcons at pretty much a three to one. Uh, Panthers at a five to one, and Buccaneers at a ten to one. Uh, well, man, those. I mean, they're all like fun bets. I mean, obviously, Saints are favored from what you said. I mean, just to try to win more money. I almost say we just put money on the, the, the yeah. Panthers. I mean, you never know with injuries, but, I mean, all those three teams, like it feels like Atlanta, Carolina, and the Saints kind of beat up on each other. And they usually go one and one. You know, so they split their, their division with each other. And, um, 
And uh, so just for betting purposes and to try to get as most the most money I can get or play the odds in my favor, I would say, fuck it. Why not? Just pick Carolina and, uh, you know, see what happens because, you know, every, each one of them has their flaws, but, you know, nothing's guaranteed. So I, I would take Carolina if I was playing a future. Yeah, I mean, division. the Carolina sitting at 550 is just like plus 550 is just too enticing of a bet not to take. Um, I mean, I mean, no, put it this way. Like if Caroline were to win the division, would any be anybody be surprised? Yeah, no. I mean, to be quite, I mean, exactly. and I think the Falcon, like if I had to make a bet, like I think the most, let's say safest bet, not taking the favorite would be the Falcons just because of what their schedule is like and kind of how everything's just lining up for them. But I think the Panthers is probably the more enticing bet. Uh, and I agree with you. I'd probably put, I'd probably put my money down on this one as well. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. that's, I think kind of it for the, uh, for the NFL, right? Like the South, I think of all the divisions, probably the most least exciting across both AFC, NFC. Um, but maybe, you know, to kind of spice the podcast up, kind of get moving into good old college football first week. The best sport. You know, got a lot of nice marquee matchups. I mean, not marquee, but at least from a betting perspective, you got a lot of nice matchups. Um, well, you've got one going on right now. Uh, you got Cincinnati and UCLA. So this is kind of a live bet. But it opened up at UCLA plus three, now down to plus two and a half, with still tied with nine minutes left in the first quarter with uh, Cincinnati with the ball at their own 35. So. I personally took this game. Uh, I took UCLA plus three, and then I took the over 57. Oh, oh wait. Um, it was at over 57? It was 57. Not, it was wow. Like I'm looking at right now. The live wager is sitting at a 51 now, so it definitely dropped. Well, uh, yeah, just because, you know, UCLA was driving. They were about to score a touchdown. Ah, gotcha. So, um, well, yeah, dude, why don't, why don't you kick us off, right? I mean, let's um, – you said you've already bet on the UCLA Cincinnati game. How about you give us? How about you give me like another game that you're uh, that you're keeping an eye out for, whether it be from a betting perspective or I mean, obviously we'll talk about the Hokies, but how about just another game that you're kind of intrigued in watching this weekend? All right. So this weekend, I was kind of looking at today and tomorrow's games, but uh, this weekend, an intriguing game. Um, hmm. I've told you this before you spoke about it. The Duke-Alabama game, like I said, uh, it started at, at uh, Alabama 35 points favorites, uh, facing off against Duke, who head coach is David Cutcliffe, he used to be the ex-Tennessee uh, coach. So Saban and, and Cutcliffe know each other very well. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So I don't see Alabama running up the score, as mentioned, because he has too much respect for Cutcliffe at Duke. And yeah, as as we talked about earlier today or over the phone, they just lost their not only their two top running backs for the first half being suspended, but as you let me know too, they're starting a middle linebacker. Dylan Moses uh, is now uh, out for the season with the tour MCL. Now the line's at thirty three. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I mean, I'm, I feel kind of stupid. I mean, obviously, I probably should have checked the injury report, but. Yeah, now it's sitting. I mean, actually, it's still yeah, it's still sitting at thirty two and a half, at least according to FanDuel Sportsbook. But uh, interesting fact, actually, that I didn't know. 
Did you know that when both uh, so Dylan Moses and Alabama's uh, running back uh, Najee Harris, they're from the same class, like same draft class. Do you know that they were both okay. ranked number one in both their positions? Obviously, Najee Harris was ranked number one in the country, but Dylan Moses was the number one ranked defensive player in that draft. In that draft, that doesn't surprise me one bit. I mean, that's yeah, just classic so, Alabama. That's um, they just get the best of the best. But yeah, so I mean, anyway, you, you were talking about Duke and Duke and Alabama. Yeah, so that should be intriguing when it comes to the betting lines. But we're just talking about the game alone. I mean, obviously the marquee game for Saturday, you have number 11, Oregon, uh, against number 16, Auburn. You know, usually when uh, another conference goes against the SEC, a lot of people like to favor the SEC just because of some recency bias. And they've dominated for the most part, so you have to give them that. Uh, Over-under line is at 55. It's really tough because – Oregon can score. Auburn's can score. Um, Auburn's got a great defense. Oregon has got a real good incoming class. Has the number one overall recruit, a defensive end. I forget his name. It's like something Thibodeau or uh, something. I don't know. But um, that should be a really fun game to watch. Oregon plus three and a half. Since you get three and a hook with Oregon, I'd probably take Oregon with three and a half points. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I, I don't know much about Oregon. I mean, besides from obviously Oregon's got, I mean, the their QB Jake uh, Jake Fromm's going to be, or not Fromm, Justin Herbert's Justin going to be, you know, the, the talk of the year, right? Um, but no, it d- definitely should be an interesting game, especially with you know a non-SEC team going up against an SEC team. You know, Auburn always known for their staunchy defense. Oregon's, you know, they've got that. West Coast spread offense. You know, they're, they're looking to put up points. Um, yeah, to be quite honest, I mean, I'm looking more so on the over-under. I feel personally the over-under is a little high at 55 and a half, right? Um, you know, yeah, if I had to say something, if I had, if someone put a gun to my head, I yeah, would take the under. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's kind of really hard to think of a 55, you know, let's say a 56 and above, you know, point line with both of these teams. Now, if it was like Oregon versus like your Oregon State, your Texas Techs, I mean, I'd take that you know, six out of seven days and twice on Sundays. Um, but yeah, I, I do like that line. I, I didn't bet that line, um, but I, I've, got, I've got another one. So do you have anything else you want to kind of highlight for this matchup? Or, I mean, I, I can even kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, I can give you another game yeah, if that's what yeah, you're looking for, which is really, really, really intriguing, which I just stumbled upon now. Now, this doesn't sound like much when I'm going to say it, but Houston versus number four, Oklahoma. Right. Now, this is intriguing because, one, you have Jalen Hurts coming from Alabama, replacing Kyler Murray at Oklahoma. You got Lincoln Riley, so you can only expect them to put up the points. Uh, you know, I still expect that with Jalen Hurts at the realm now. Uh, big believer in Lincoln Ryler and his his type of spread offense. Over-under is at 80 points. Now, that seems like a lot. But what a lot of people don't know is with Houston, they just now, they just their head coach now is Dana Holgerson, the old um, West Virginia head coach, who's had a spread, spread them out uh, offense. Um, so bringing that to Houston, they have a quarterback, De'Eric uh, De- uh, King, uh, who's who was I think was leading the nation in points scored alone before he got hurt in week six. So that over under 
That's looking real good for the over for me. You uh, really think Houston it's going to be like a 40-40 score, like a 42-40 score or something like that? Yes. Oklahoma's defense is poo. And what's nice too, or not nice, but what's intriguing, Houston is given 23 points. That's a lot for a Dana Horgerson team with – Yeah. Uh, what, I'll take what, the points. I mean, oh was, uh, was Dana Horgerson there with uh, – what's his name? Will Greer? Like was that – yeah, he's been there for gotcha, the past gotcha, like 10, okay. 15 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 80 wow. points. So, like, that's probably the highest points that I yes, I mean, that's a very, like, to be quite honest, like, my gut reaction would be without even doing any research, like, for a, like, a novice better, I would probably point out that game and be like, all right, bet the under on this game. Because 80 is just a ridiculous amount. But, it is. I mean, do do the math like total. You have to score twenty points on average per quarter. That's a lot yeah. of scoring per quarter. Um, I mean, hey man, I if you say so, but you do make a good point, right? I mean, if you're bringing like a West Virginia offense, like just assuming that it's going to be a West Virginia type offense, so you kind of look at this more so as Oklahoma versus West Virginia, and you know, yeah, and I'm Oklahoma's telling you, defense like, does Oklahoma's suck. defense. Like, we, was yeah, I mean, awful. we even saw it when uh, Oklahoma was playing, playing Texas last year. I mean, it was just like – it was damn near comical just to watch them because no one was guarding. Like, receivers were just wide open. And and it's so confusing because it's not like they have, like, nub players on their defense. They recruit very well in defense. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a scheme where we talked about it before in a previous episode of, you know, maybe Big 12 just – doesn't really give a shit about you know defensive schemes or just defense I mean, at all, but they recruit really good uh, players on the defensive yeah, side. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess same could kind of be said about you know like a team like Georgia Tech, right? Which you know we'll, we'll get to sooner or later. Um, but Georgia Tech, right? I mean, they're they're drafting players specifically, or they're taking players specifically for you know I'm going to use old Georgia Tech for their specific triple option, right? But I mean, still at the end of the day, they're still decent players, right? But uh, I mean, it's it's probably a very lewd comparison to Oklahoma because Oklahoma, I think, still talent wise, is day and night between Georgia Tech. But yeah, I, I can see your I can see your point. Um, I mean, Houston still, I mean, with twenty three points, I mean, they're an eight to one favorite, or sorry, an eight to one dog. Uh, that actually wouldn't be nice to put like a nice little parlay maybe on Houston with the points and the over, right? I mean, the safer bet, I would say, is a 23 points versus the over-under. I mean, 23 points, uh, that is absurd. I, I'm going to lay so much money on that 23 points. That's, that's yeah. disgusting. Um, and, you know, thinking about – I just remember with this Auburn and Oregon game with the over-under 55, I just remembered Auburn is starting a true freshman at qu- quarterback, this Bo Nix guy. Interesting. Um, so with with them breaking in a new quarterback, but then he got Oregon with their offense. Are they going to be stifled by Auburn? I don't know, but not to double yeah, down yeah. on that too much. But um, nice, dude. Yeah. So I mean, just kind of even maybe even going into the point spread, right? Like you're talking about a 23, you know, Houston getting 23 points. Uh, I'm going to shift over to one of the games that I'm looking at, and. Georgia Tech at Clemson. Clemson, a 36-and-a-half favorite, obviously. Um, A pretty tall task. 
you know, you've got Clemson, you know, you got Dabo Sweeney, defending champions. Uh, I'm sure they want to come out the gate swinging. Uh, and then on the other side, you got Georgia Tech, got a new coach, new offense. Um, you know, are they going to be able to even put points up on the board against that defense? Who knows? Did, Clemson did lose like their, you know, their star three uh, on their, you know, on their defensive line. So, you know, there's a lot of points and there's a lot of people saying that they would take Georgia Tech with the points. But I feel like with Clemson and Dabo Sweeney, I think they want to come out and make a statement. And I I feel like Clemson has a chance of covering, right? I'm, I'm, I'm seeing maybe at least a defensive touchdown, maybe a safety. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but again, it, it's, it's a bit of a stretch. I mean, I've... I've took them in a 17 parlay. Um, so this is definitely one of my games that so, I'm kind of like, like I'm definitely, I'm, I'm after this, I'm definitely, we're, I'm going to be watching this game. So uh, trust me, I'm going to be, I'm going to be at the edge of my seat for this game. So, so I got suckered into taking the 36 and a half points. Obviously the, that's more than five touchdowns. Just do the simple math. I also took the under 62, now I probably am going to be. I may be wrong. In the sixty-two. I guess with me thinking the thirty-six points, being sucked into it, you know, uh, you know, the defense is going to be good for Clemson. I just obviously I don't think it's going to be as good. With they lost way too much talent on the defense, or even the, just the defensive line in general. Um, and then you know, when did they take out? When did they take out Lawrence and sit him and you know play some of the backups, yeah. not just him, but backups all across the team? And then do, does does. Uh, does Georgia Tech get a garbage touchdown because they're playing their backups now, you know, or at the very end of the game, and that kind of gets Dude, it from I, I would know, lose it. I would absolutely points. lose it if it's like, and I know it's going to happen too. It's going to be like midway through the third quarter, or even just the start of the third. I wouldn't be surprised if if Clemson is like, all right, like they're going to sit Trevor Lawrence, put in their backup, and you know they they rest maybe like midway through the third. They take out their first string defense, put in second string. And then Georgia Tech just scores like a garbage touchdown. And I'm going to miss it by like, I don't know, like a field goal or something like that. I, I can already tell that that's exactly what's going to happen. But yeah, so if it was like 30, 34 and a hook, then I'd probably take it just because I'd feel safer when by like five touchdowns. But 36 and a half, you got to do more than five touchdown uh, margin. That just scared me. I just took it. And then I, I, the under 62, I, I don't know. I guess I was banking on, hey, it's the first game of the season. You know, Georgia Tech's breaking in a new offense with a bunch of players who are recruited as, you know, as a triple threat. And so they're still on there. And if they're not there, they're all grad transfers to kind of fill those spots where they needed. Um, you know, given, like I mentioned, you know, let's just say it's, it's I don't know, 30, 35 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, bringing in the backups, no need to play Lawrence and, you know, uh, T Higgins and Justin Ross there. Yeah. I mean, so that's why I kind of, if, if, if their defense is still as good or almost a shade as good as last year, but we'll see, it'll be a fun game to watch. I'll be interested to see what Georgia tech looks like with, you know, what the past 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. And especially for us, right. As, as Hokies, uh, like that's definitely something that we're definitely going to want to keep our eyes out on. Um, you know, it's Georgia Tech always, I think just for any team in the ACC, regardless, because we, even though we play them year in and year out, I feel like they always give trouble to every team. Yeah, I'm so happy the triple yeah. option is gone. 
I'm so, um, so happy. And then actually for my second game, which, you know, at first I was a little kind of worried about, but now I'm getting a little bit more confident is uh, the same game for today, Utah at BYU. BYU is a five and a half dog. And from what I'm reading, I feel like this is going to be a closer game than people expect. I do agree Utah is is looking really good this year. They're returning both of their star players. I think their QB and running back from last year were injured midway through the season. So, you know, they're they're really looking to I think kind of kick off their offense with them too. And from what I'm reading, Utah I think is people are some some are saying arguably they have one of the best defensive lines. Um yeah, they have a lot returning, a lot yeah. of good players returning on the defensive and then, line. And they're they're going to be. And a then opposite at you know team. at BYU, I mean BYU's historically always given you know the t- their tough teams, especially Utah. They usually give them a tough time, um, and not to mention their offensive line all returning from last two years so they've got a very experienced o-line so i think it really is going to come down to the battle of the trenches between both utah and byu with uh apparently a star-studded defensive line on the utes and then the cougars are returning a very experienced o-line so should be a great kind of matchup between there a lot of uh, a lot of teams are saying or a lot sorry a lot of analysts are saying that utah is going to win this but they are also saying Utah might cover the spread of five and a half. Uh, so should be very interesting to see kind of how that game goes. It's, it is going to be a late night game. And it, it's funny. I was actually talking to a, a coworker today and he says that, you know, he's not much into betting and things like that. And I told him, you know, betting actually does make a lot of these games that you normally wouldn't watch. Right. I mean, like, like, never in my oh, life absolutely. am I going to stay up for a 10 o'clock Eastern Utah at BYU game, right? But now that I have money riding on it, you know, I'm going to stay up for it. I'm looking at the line now. The line has shifted a little bit. Like, BYU is now getting six and a half. Um, so, actually, I mean, I probably should have taken the six and a half, to be quite honest. But, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see, right? Um, it, it's, it's still looking. But that's probably going to be one of the games that uh, I'm going to keep a – an eye out for aside from which I I took Utah looks like yeah I took Utah in the uh to cover, oh, cover the spread. interesting all right well I, I guess yeah, I, we'll I guess we're That's on opposite sides of the bet uh I mean I've got a 17 yeah. parlay so I'm looking at a at a sizable bet right now it's just so hard with the first game of the season with all new players coming in from high school you just yeah don't know. um so it should be interesting, yeah. I think like once you get to like the week three or week two, that's when you really start getting the you know more confidence in kind of what you're betting. Uh, but these first kind of couple yep, games, like 100%. everyone's like, all right, you know, everyone is going to boast about, oh, we had a strong training camp and you know we had a strong off season, but it's really going to be yep, like yeah, recruiting it, classes it, it, as well. Exactly. Who brought um, but I guess now moving on to maybe just kind of end the show with our team, right? I mean, we, we with college football starting, we definitely can't end off, end without talking about the Hokies. Uh, they're going into uh, Boston College, right? Uh, I believe it was a three-and-a-half favorite it was Virginia Tech, I believe, the last I looked at it. Um, mm. 
Last I saw it was two and a, it's fuck, it's oh, now shit. four and a half. All right. Um what 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 is going on? I I would take Boston College plus four and a half. One just to hedge my bet. So if Tech wins, and I'm happy. If Tech yeah. loses, then I mean, I'm I open. I bet the money line on this one. I took Tech straight up. I don't think Tech's going to cover the spread. I mean, especially with the four and a half. Like, I mean, you're talking about more than a field goal, especially with the off season that we've had, and obviously Boston College. Sure, you could say that they're only returning one experienced player from their All ACC team, but I mean that one player is AJ Dillon. Right. I mean, stud of a running back. He absolutely torched us last year. Um, we they have their returning a quarterback. I forget his name, though, um, but he's back as well. But yeah. obviously, A.J. Dillon is the correct, you know, focal correct. point and of that team. We, you know, even in our defense, I mean, we didn't return back any like star studded players. I mean, we do have more experience since last year, um, especially, I think, in the linebacker position more so. Um, so it, it should be interesting, obviously. And then, you know, you can obviously throw in some intangibles, right? You got Bud Foster announcing his retirement. So now maybe the defensive players have something to play for. Uh, I know I'm kind of reaching at straws, but, uh, what's your, what's your pulse on this game? What do you think? I'm scared as shit. That's my pulse. Um, uh, we got embarrassed last year in Lane Stadium. Um, you know, our offense should be pretty good. We're, we're loaded at receiver. Running backs are meh. Ryan Willis should be a serviceable quarterback. Defense, I think we should be better just by default of you know guys playing too early. But Boston College, you know, I always expect them to have a tough defense, replacing a lot of guys in the trenches. But you know, they still have the Anthony Browns are quarterback. I just remember to look it up. Um, and then AJ Dillon, that's tough. If you can't stop AJ Dillon, the Boston College is going to win. They're going to grind this out. They're going to melt the clock. Can be, don't want to play from behind. That's the last thing you want to do with Boston College. Do we know? Uh, if, uh, if you're asking know, me to pick sorry, a winner, you cut you off, do we know who's starting for Tech? Like, is is it still Ryan Willis, or do we know if like Quincy Patterson took yes. the take the helm? No. So actually, it's yeah, Ryan Willis, and then you have Herndon Hooker's uh, Hendon Hooker. Is second. Interesting. Second string. And then so Quincy I'm assuming is they're third. not looking to burn burn his red shirt. Well, oh, they, he oh, redshirted okay. last year. Um, interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess from uh, obviously we know from a betting line, right? From from a year from a degenerate that we are, we you're definitely going to take Boston College. I would take Boston College. Uh, Plus four gotcha. and a half in heartbeat. Yes, absolutely. Um, I see this being a close game. If not, and Boston I, I mean, fifty eight. As as the as the over unders, I think is a little high for my blood. I, if anything, I'd probably take the Whoa. under on that. Yeah. Um, but as maybe obviously as a fan, you're look. You, we obviously want Virginia Tech to win. So I think I I think I um, take the under on it too. Maybe just to kind of close it out, right? Like from a Virginia Tech standpoint, right? Because we could give two shits about Boston College, but. What do you think we need to like? What do you think is going to be the X factor for us? Like, whether it be on the offense or the defense. Obviously, we know for Boston College, X factors everything's going to run through AJ Dillon, right? If he's not, if he's anything less than one hundred percent, I don't think Boston College is going to be able to pull this one out. But from a tech perspective, whether it be on the defensive or offensive side of the ball, what do you think our our X factor is going to be? It's got. To, I mean, it has to be obvious. You have to stop AJ Dillon. You got to make Anthony Brown beat you. Make him throw it in the air. Make it. You know, make Anthony Brown beat you in the air. 
stop AJ Dillon because if you don't, you're losing the game. That means you know if you got to stack the box, stack the box. If you, if he beats you while you stack the box, then you know he's going to burn you. He, you know, see you later. That um, it has to be so. That comes down to now. If you want to look at a more microscopic view, you know, the defensive line is the most skeptic. You know, call it an X factor or scary. You know, for Virginia Tech this year, you have a bunch of uh, junior collar guys coming in to start right away. You have a bunch of uh, guys that you know played as a freshman too early last year that are playing again now. Um, you know, you have some freshmen that might be playing in the two or three deep. Uh, lineup so if they can stop if that's the x factor just stopping a you know this is probably everyone's every team who plays boston college you know stopping aj Dillon, and if you can do that then uh, i think you have a very good chance I, anthony brown he's okay but you know he's not gonna light you up or scare you anytime soon um I think the X factor is happening, you know, is, you know, winning, winning in the trenches. Yeah, I, I, I think I can. I, I do like your point on that, right? Like, I think with our offense is probably something similar to how we compared to Kirk Cousins and a couple QBs in some other divisions, right? Where you don't have to be great. We're not looking for Ryan Willis to be making like seventy yard like dime passes or anything like that. Just let's just get you yeah. know, let's not do three and outs, which. It always aggravates me that I think historically we've been known where our first possession just happens to always be a three and out for some fucking reason. I don't know why, but I, I do agree where it's going to come down to, I think, the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, we just got to be mediocre and we'll win this game. But from a defense perspective, like I do agree, we just can't let A.J. Dillon you know, wreck havoc on us like he did last year. Um, obviously, it's going to be, you yeah. know, Boston College is going to have the crowd behind him. Uh, but, you know, let's see. I, I definitely do think it's going to be one of the more interesting games because if we can win this game... Uh, That's a big game. I mean, it's an in-division... Uh, and it's going to set the tone no, for, the rest of the, for the rest of the games too, right? I mean, like, we have a cupcake schedule, so... This game, like us winning this game out, like is I think really going to set the tone for the next couple games because you know then we've got like your Furman, ODU, like you know of the world. Which sure, like Furman, you know if we don't win that game, I'm I might stop following hockey football altogether. But ODU, like so, what's up? I was saying it's it's a huge game, especially for week one, and you know you have you're playing Boston College, not in division, but in conference. So you know you win this game, you go one and zero, but not only one and zero, but you're one and zero in your conference, and it's just a it's either going to be a great way to start the season, because or, or a horrible way, because yeah, sure you could play a cupcake like you said, but get with these other teams that are coming up in their schedule, you you, you beat the living shit out of them and. Cool, want to know? I mean, same thing with seventy yeah. other teams that are playing in Week One. But you know, you win this game, you're feeling real good, especially I mean, with Miami on, sitting know, at one and zero as well. Or sorry, zero and one. Like it's it's definitely going to you know, especially in the division, right? So it's definitely going to help us uh, boost up that confidence for for a fairly young team that we have. So. Yeah, I don't want to call this a must win, it, it, but it's yeah. as close as a must win as you have to for I a agree. Week One game. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I think that wraps it up. Uh, we've we've made it all the way to the start of the college football season. You know, we've made it through all the NFL divisions. 
Uh, I'm probably going to start publicizing about the podcast, maybe give, let people hear about what we have to say. Uh, and then I, I think moving forward, right. You know, we're, we're next week is going to be an even more interesting week where not only do you have week two of college football, but week one of NFL. So kind of do the same where we'll kind of get away from recaps and kind of focus more on kind of the betting aspect and maybe do like games of the week and, you know, things we want to watch out for. But so, Peace.